Michael Bloomberg spends over $450 million in his quest to become president of the United States. And guess what? He's not even on the ballot yet. Still 10 months to go. Is all of this money creating problems in our political system? Is our system broken? We're going to take a look into that, guys, today on The True Middle. Welcome to the broadcast. I am your host, Paul Malakivi. This is The True Middle. This is where we take a look at politics, business, and faith from a real perspective. Let's dive into this information. $450 million so far that Michael Bloomberg has poured into this campaign is becoming problematic. So let's face it, guys. The question is, is there too much money involved in our elections? Because the Democrats will argue that Michael Bloomberg is a billionaire, $60 billion. So he's a multi, 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 multi billionaire, $6 billion he's worth. So he's dedicated to spend a bunch of it just to get Trump knocked out of office. So he's putting a bunch of money behind his campaign. Let's face it, campaigns are expensive. So let's take a look at, at the details of how this works. So you're, look, you're running for president you have to reach a national audience because you need people in America to vote for you. So they start off with these primary campaigns, which are all state and local, but the, camp, the candidates have to go out. They have to travel across the United States to meet with people, to meet with voters, shake hands, talk about their issues. They need to get heard. They need to go around to different talk shows, different radio shows, meet with different politicians, different local leaders, and have these issues in order to try to drum up support. They also need to place advertising, uh, which used to be just television and radio. Now there's a bunch of social media aspects that they need to spend money on and advertise in order to get the word out so people know what they're about, they know what their policies and their um, their thoughts are. So there's a lot of money that's involved in doing that. It used to be a system where they went around and just got donations from individuals. Individual people would go and contribute to the campaigns and they would use that money to, to fund their their needs and go out and make the best of it. Now, what has happened in 2010, there's this landmark case called Citizens United. Now, you'll hear a lot about it because the Democrats rail against it. Uh, every one of the single candidates that are up um, for the Democratic nomination will talk about Citizens United and that they want to um, eliminate that because this is the ruling that, in fact, gave corporations the ability to donate unlimited amounts of money in a campaign. So as a result of that, what we got is a bunch of lobbyists, a bunch of corporate interests with billions of dollars sinking money into candidates to help support things and, and laws that are favorable to their businesses. And so this stack, the, the, the system now is being stacked against the individuals, the working class people, the people that are giving $250,000 to a political campaign. And instead it favors the corporations that are spending hundreds, millions, even, you know, some kind of billions of dollars on lobbying in order to get to politicians in order to make legislation and laws that um, speak to their interests. So here's a campaign that we, we want to talk about. Um, this is the, the, the landmark case, Citizens United. Um, basically, this rule was effective in 2010. The court overruled a decision um, which allowed different restrictions on speech-related spending based on corporate identity. So what they're saying is now corporations are not restricted on their types of spending. As a corporation, they can spend money on um, electioneering communications so they can go out, they form all these political action committees, they form all these things in order to fund candidates that they support. The ruling effectively freed labor unions and corporations to spend money 
and all this and directly advocate for the election of certain candidates or even the defeat of certain candidates. So is this a good thing? I don't know. We're going to talk about that a lot today. We're going to see what kind of money is involved, what this has caused. But let's face it, the Democratic Party started with a list of nominees, at least 20 people vying for the presidency. They all began these campaigns. They went around, started talking to people. They were in the first couple of debates. And as time went on, as they lost support, as they couldn't raise money, they had to drop out. You know, most recently we see Andrew Yang. And yes, I'm going to talk about Andrew Yang because I was one of his early supporters. I believe that he had some, some programs and some policies that was going to really help us here in the middle class get ahead. Um, universal basic income. We're going to continue to talk about it here on the show. Uh, we'll see a, a broadcast later where we really break it down and we compare universal basic income to raising of the minimum wage and how that can uh, impact all of us here in the middle class. But I supported him. Uh, I jumped on the board early. I, I gave him a donation. And here's what happens, right? And this happens with anybody else other than Michael Bloomberg, any of the other candidates that are raising donations that need money for their campaigns. You have somebody who goes in they want to support the candidate, I give them $5, get $10, $20, whatever you want to do. Whatever you have, you go and you give them a donation. And then the campaign goes on, and then you start getting more and more emails. We need more money. Um, please, can you make another donation? Can you support for this? We need money for advertising. We need money to compete against the candidates. We need money to put on an, an advertisement. We need money to build staff. We need money to go on the road. We need money for this. So they're constantly asking you for donations after donation after donation and it gets tiresome it really does it really starts weighing on you like okay keep asking me for money and you, you know you're like okay I, I gave you as much as I could I wish I could give you more you start feeling bad now for those of us that maybe supported a few candidates now you're getting it multiple ways I'm sure you're getting emails and phone calls from different candidates asking for their support so when Michael Bloomberg came into the game he said I'm not going to accept donations um, I have my own money. I'm going to spend my own. So he's not accepting donations from anybody. He's funding it. So those of you that are supporting Michael Bloomberg, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but for the rest of us that supported other candidates or that you know are, are giving to um, some of these Democratic candidates, even Republicans that are running for president, you're going to get solicited for donations. Now, this race in particular has really brought this to the surface because we don't have one. We don't have two. We have three billionaires now in the race, if you want to count President Trump, who's a billionaire or self-proclaimed billionaire. We also have Michael Bloomberg and we have Tom Steyer. Now, Tom Steyer, um, he's accepting donations, so he is asking for support, but he is able to fund a lot of his um, activities and a lot of his programs through his own money. Michael Bloomberg, again, we talked about his spending $450 million just in a couple of months um, on his campaign ads, ads, staff ads, social media, ads. Um, he's really running the narrative. He's controlling it. And what it's really doing is it's making it, uh, giving a disadvantage to everybody else. So the argument that the uh, rest of the Democratic Party is, is trying to make is that because we allow these uh, Bloomberg to come in with all this unlimited um, money that is negatively affecting their ability to go and campaign because he's buying up the airwaves, he's raising the rates and making it more competitive. So now they have to spend more money um, they, they don't have unlimited treasure chests to go, and so when you have one candidate that's polluting, that's um, filling up all of the space with their ads, all the other candidates don't get any room um, for the message to be heard, and so it, it's causing a disadvantage. 
Um, the other thing that the Democrats are fighting against is um, Citizens United. This is really the landmark um, ruling that allowed corporations to start influencing our elections. Um, big thing that you'll hear Elizabeth Warren um, talk about is the corruption of politics, how corporations now can control the narrative. They have billions of dollars, so they start supporting candidates that support policies that favor them. And because of all that money going towards these candidates, if these candidates get win and they get elected, then they're beholden to these special interest groups that are giving them all this money. So we're going to break this down and take a look at some things here. Um, let me get this together for you and take a look at this PowerPoint, right? So we're going to talk about contributions coming in millions of dollars. Now, this is just for the fourth quarter alone. We could take a look here. For the fourth quarter, Bernie Sanders raises $34 million. Pete Buttigieg, $24 million. Joseph Biden, 23. Elizabeth Warren, 21. Andrew Yang, 16 million. That's just for the fourth quarter of 2019. If you can look over here, you see where the total that they raised, $95 million Bernie Sanders raised. Pete Buttigieg, 76, Joseph Biden, 60, 71 for, so you add the math, just for these five candidates, you're looking at what, 100, 250, you're looking at two, three, about $400 million just with these four candidates alone, and these are contributions that they raised from individual donations. Cash on hand, this is the amount of money that they have going forward that they are able to contribute into their campaign. Um, this will give you, this is very revealing to the strength of these candidates and what they have going forward. You can see Bernie Sanders, one of the reasons why he is considered the front runner is because he has $18 million of cash on hand to continue to invest in his campaign moving forward. Uh, and you start seeing these numbers dwindle. Pete Buttigieg at 14 all the way down to Joe Biden now is with $9 million. Now, $9 million for you and I is a lot of money, but in the scheme of things, to run a campaign, that's not a whole lot of money. Amy Klobuchar, $5 million. Let's look that, take that into account. When you're looking at versus Donald Trump, Donald Trump on hand, $102 million, and he really didn't even kick off his campaign yet. I mean, he's just getting started. He is the assumed nominee obviously for the Republicans, so he doesn't have to do much. He's already at $102 million cash on hand versus the front runner in the Democratic Party, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders got what? $18 million on hand. So this is problematic. This is a huge problem. What we really want to take a look at that, if you, if you add everybody else into this mix, individual contributions, the total spent and the cash on hand, you can see the only person with the slightest bit of a chance is going to be Michael Bloomberg. You see him down here, $188 million that he spent. He spent a lot more than that now. The recent total, um, this is updated like the end, this is the end of Jan, this is for the end of December. So right now, here in February, he already spent up to $400 million. So when you talk about electability, and you talk about people that have a chance to win against Donald Trump, one of the things that we are really stressing is the fact that none of these candidates really have the type of bankroll and the money that they need to be able to compete against Donald Trump, who's just a money fundraising machine. It's true, guys. I mean, he's making a lot of money. He's, he's knocking it out the park. So what you see here is a problem for the Democrats because we need to beat Donald Trump. And if we need to beat Donald Trump, we need somebody who has a lot of money. 
So this is going to give you, uh, I want to take a look at this screen here. This is going to give you another snapshot kind of of, of some of the candidates. Um, total raise in January, you see Michael Bloomberg is showing 263 million, whatever. There's a lot more than that. Take a look at all these people, right? If you add up all of this money that was raised, um, it comes out to, I don't know, maybe a billion dollars or so at least. What kind of things can we do with the government? What kind of things and programs can we put in place with a billion dollars, guys? We have all of these people coming together, giving all of this money to political candidates just so they could become president of the United States. It's not being spent on any policies or anything else. It's just running their campaigns, running their election, all of these people. Now, keep in mind, at the end of the day, there's going to be one candidate on the Democrat side. There's going to be one candidate on the Republican side. So two people. Look at the list of these people. One, two, three, four, eight, 12, 16, 17 people all together. Um, if you look at everybody that ran in the race for presidency, if you, if you count the couple of Republicans and all the, the Democrats, you know, all the way from uh, Marianne Williamson, John Delaney, a lot of these people stopped their campaigns real early because they realized they weren't gaining any support. They weren't making any money, right? So all of this money that's going into politics, this is a problem for us. I will argue it's absolutely a problem. Um, we can't continue to have all of this money going into these these campaigns because, let's face it, guys, people in the middle class, the working people, people that are working hard, um, they don't have millions of dollars to go and contribute. They, they have you know, 10, 15, maybe $20 donations here and there. So the big thing uh, within the Democratic Party is that at one point in time, they were really fighting against this um, Elizabeth Warren made a stand that she was not going to accept any money from super PACs. She wasn't going to accept money from billionaires, that all of her fundraising was going to be done from individual donors, individual donations. Great. She did well. She stuck to it for a long period of time. Now, as we're getting into the thick of things, as things intensify, as Michael Bloomberg spends um, hundreds of millions of dollars, as Bernie Sanders starts taking the lead and, and, and developing a, a larger bankroll than anybody else, Candidates have to reassess whether they can stay in the race. In order to do that, they need more money. So what happens? They start looking at other things. Now, Elizabeth Warren just recently announced that she may be considering taking some money from some certain PACs, political action committees. That's going directly against what she stood for. Um, that's a huge problem with her um, because up to this point in time, she was really the leader on this. Um, she took a stand. She, she um, dedicated herself to not doing it. Um, she got a lot of respect for doing it, but ultimately, you can't sustain that. So when she came and she attacked Pete Buttigieg in, in a debate, uh, a couple of debates ago, you know, her big thing was that he was taking contributions from billionaires in this uh, wine cave. They called it, right, the wine cave episode, I like to call it, with the, uh, with the debates. Uh, he, she, he attacked her, and her and his point was, was very, very well said. He said, listen, we're going up against Donald Trump who has hundreds of millions of dollars in a bankroll, and if we think that we can beat him by having measly millions of dollars, then you're wrong. We'll never be able to do it. So we need all of the resources that we can get in order to beat Donald Trump. And if that means having to go and fundraise and get contributions from corporations and PACs and billionaires, then that's what you have to do in order to have the, the capital to go on and continue. So that's a huge problem. With the politics, guys, we need to come together. We need to um, find ways to change this. I'm going to take a look at this another chart here um, because it kind of breaks down where money is coming from. Um, it breaks it down to small dollar donations, large dollar donations, um, and transfers and packs. 
So if you can see this here on your screen, um, small dollar donations, you know, Sanders, $74 million raised from small dollar donations. Um, Warren was at 48 million. You know, Trump, $26 million. Large dollar donations. You know, Warren was at 33 million, which is still a lot, uh, which means large dollars greater than $2,000. Um, Trump, down here at the bottom, very small amount of large dollar donations coming to him. But look at here, transfers and PACs. This is a, a key indicator here. So this is money that he's getting from political action committees, uh, maybe transfers from his, uh, his previous campaigns, personal money, personal wealth. $91 million Donald Trump has transfers and political action committees. Against what? Looking at here, Sanders, $12 million. So you have somebody with $12 million coming in on from political action committees. You have somebody else with $91 million. Who do you think is going to win that contest? Let's be real, guys. We need to change our democracy. We need to change this to make it better for us. Um, smaller donors to make it so our system will cater more towards individual donors. Um, again, I'm going to come back to my boy Andrew Yang. He has some great policies on this. There was a, a, a program of policy he had in place called uh, talking about democracy dollars where every citizen would be given a certain amount of money that they would be able to contribute to political candidates. Um, this is basically free money that they're given it that they're given that they can then use to donate to particular campaigns. This makes it fair. It gives everybody the same amount of money that they can contribute. They can choose how to split that up amongst them, you know, between different candidates if they want. They don't have to put the whole amount towards one candidate. But it makes it so that the elections are fair. So everybody, whether you're a billionaire or homeless, you're going to have this money um, to contribute to the candidates of your choice. And then your candidates then will have to take whatever money is raised through that and use that money in order to run their campaign. So it does a couple of, di a, a couple of different things. One, it takes out the, the, the corporations, it takes out the political action committees, it takes out the influence of money on politics. So not one politician is beholden to any corporate interests. They're going to be beholden to the people that are actually donating to their campaign. Number two, what it does then is it evens the playing field where everybody has the same amount of money that they contribute so everybody has an equal voice um, with those that are running for president. And three, the most important thing, what it does, it makes the candidates good stewards of the money that's given to them. So when you take a look at a situation like this, if you have somebody that has $400 million to spend, they can go out and they can run amok. They can spend it on whatever they want to spend it on. Some of it may be effective. Some of it may not be effective, but who who cares, right? You can just go try some things, see whether it works, see whether it doesn't work. You can go and, and blow it all in one state. You can divide it up you know, between different states and you just have an unlimited resource so you can just keep funding money at it. There's no telling whether this person is actually good at running um, their financial records, whether they're good stewards of money. As a president, I want my I want my president to be a good steward of the nation's money. I want the president of the United States to be able to sit there and look at a budget and say, this is the amount of money that we have to spend, and so we need to implement programs and policies that will not extend beyond the amount of money that is given to us. I think that's a great thing, a great trait for a president to have. There's no way for us to tell how good these people are with money if every time they need more, they just go and raise it from somebody.
If they need more money, just go out, put another email, go out and touch another billionaire, go out, talk to another uh, political action committee, say, hey, I need more money to fund my campaign because I'm running low. If everybody was given the opportunity to work on a level playing field, they're given what they're given, they don't have the capability to go out and dig into other resources, then it's really going to show those that are creative, those that are able to be um, impactful with their decisions, those that decide to use their resources wisely. Um, I just think it's a great concept. It'll never happen. Um, it'll never happen. There's just too much money involved. There's too many people um, that are going to fight against it because you, the as the way the, the political system is now, big money is going to win big money. You know what I mean? Big money 2020. This is where we're at, guys. It's happening. Um, a lot of things that we need to change, but listen, we can change things. It's going to take time. It's going to take all of us getting engaged. It's going to take all of us getting involved. We do have some voices. Um, the Democrats in, in particular are really fighting to get this um, Citizens United thing eliminated. Um, that will change the game automatically. And then we can start, once we get that pulled back, we can take a look and, and, and make other steps to make these more fair elections, more the representative of the larger percentage of the people that are in the country, right? 20% of the people have 80% of the wealth. The rest of the other 80% are sitting there um, underrepresented, um, not enough power to, to get things done, but we do have power in numbers. So here's the thing, guys. I know a lot of you may be discouraged. A lot of you may have you know, contributed to a, to a uh, campaign in the past. Maybe you, you contributed to a, to a candidate just recently, and that candidate has had to drop out of the race because they couldn't um, get the support they needed to move forward. Um, maybe you, you supported like a Julian Castro or Mary Williamson or a Michael Bennett or maybe even Andrew Yang like I did and say, hey, I had a lot of, uh, I put a lot of money, I put a lot of time, I put a lot of effort, put my hopes on this guy and they weren't able to, to make it through. Maybe you supported Kamala Harris, you know, and you, you thought that she has some good programs. Or Cory Booker that has some great ideas on how to, you know, uh, how to focus on entrepreneurism for the, the underserved communities and a great way for them to start building generational wealth. A lot of these programs, a lot of these policies are great things to have on the table. And so you put your money to behind these people to support these policies and then they have to drop out because of money. I get it. All of us go through that, you know, you get upset. Um, you start thinking yourself, so, well, I could have used that money for something else. I want to encourage you that that money is not spent in vain. Um, that money did go towards these candidates for them to put their policies forth, to put that on the table, to introduce that, to, so that is a talking point. Without them being on that stage, without them having the ability to raise those issues, we probably would have never heard about it. Um, perfect example is um, change that's going to be coming down the way. There's, you know, universal basic income is now something that a lot of people are talking about. The threat of automation on our economy is something that's real and is something that a lot of people are picking up on now. And it's gaining a lot of ground, it's gaining a lot of traction. So now you have, you know, um, other people that are going to raise the mantle and start talking about this and take a look at this. It is something that is going to impact the future. So that would have never happened if um, people did not support Andrew Yang and give him money to run his campaign. Um, <clears throat> Bernie Sanders, for what it is, he's always been fighting for um, 
a revolution of our healthcare system to stand up against the system to revolt to kind of take it back put the power in our own hands and there's something to be said for that there's something to be said for the fact that if we need to change if we want change then we need to be part of the system and we need to make that change right so that's why he's appealing to a lot of younger voters he's, he's appealing to a, a, a dedicated group of people that, that understand that our system needs to be changed we've seen for years and years and years going on with the system the way that it is and nothing ever gets done because the politicians will talk one thing they'll say they want to do this any other thing and then at the end of the day once they get into office they're unable to do anything just because of the way that our system is structured so keep up the faith guys um, tune in and focus we're going to talk about a lot of things here on this um, particular broadcast Join me later. We're going to have some live chats going on where I want us to engage in conversation. I want us to get your thoughts, you share your thoughts, your opinions, um, weigh in on some issues, weigh in some candidates. Um, it's going to be a great community of middle class voters um, really talking about the issues that matter to us the most, not the issues that are brought to our attention by our political pundits and our millionaire um, news anchors that don't really know the impacts that um, all of these policies have on average everyday American. So um, I encourage you to tune in. If you, if you like what you heard, if you want to be a part of the conversation, hey, make sure you subscribe. Um, make sure you tune in to us. Uh, if you're listening on podcasts, we are available on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're available on Spotify if you're Android. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts, it's free. It's free to, to subscribe. Tune in. Um, if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that notification bell so we can get, bring you updates Every time we post a new video, you'll be the first to, to, to know about it. As we do our live streams and our broadcast, you'll be able to, to, to tune in, um, weigh in, give us your comments, give us your opinions. I'm so happy that you guys tuned in. If there's something that I can do better, something you want to hear about, a topic you want me to good discuss and get into the weeds with, please let me know. Hit me up. Um, comment. Let me know what's going on. You know, Let me know what you need to... What, you want to speak about. I want your thoughts. Is our political system broken? There's a poll. I want you to chime in. Let me know. Do you think that too much money is is breaking our system? Is our political system broken because there's too much money involved? Um, I think you're well aware of my view on this. I think absolutely yes, our system is broken because there's too much money. There are ways that we can reform it, make it better. It's going to take some time, guys, but we are going to get there. I encourage you to stay committed, stay engaged, stay focused, go out there and vote. Vote not just for the president, but vote on in your local elections. Vote for your senators, your 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 representatives. It all matters. It all matters. And the more that we're able to voice our opinions, the more we're able to vote and get people elected that represent us, the better chance we have going forward of making this the change that we need and so that the system will work for us. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. I am your host, Paul Melikivi. You're watching The True Middle, where we talk about politics, business, and faith from a real perspective. I hope to see you on the next broadcast. Take care.